share with you a pretty easy thing that you can do as a parent advocate to sort of help you advocate a little bit harder. Um, it's plotting your child's diagnostic scores on a bell curve. Now, bell curves, right? And you're instantly like all of your math anxiety is coming out big time. And all of those statistics tests that you had to take in high school and college and just, you know, skip all that because this is just a super easy thing that is honestly anybody can do. You don't need to understand the calculations for standard deviations in order to plot your child's evaluation scores on a bell curve itself. It just takes a little bit of memorization, but this video is going to stay on our webpage. And two, I'm going to spell out all of the pieces of how to do this in a very robust piece. I haven't decided if it's going to be a DI blog post or if it's going to be a page on our website, but I will definitely share that information because this is just a crucial piece within your parent advocacy. So let's begin. Somebody hands you an evaluation, whether it's a diagnostician, your school team, doesn't matter what it is. And any diagnostic test that is run, this applies to all of them. So whether it's an IEP or a 504 or whatever, this is gonna work. So get yourself some handy paper. I'll have a ruler here at home if you can believe that or not. So I'm gonna use an envelope as a straight edge. And I'm gonna have fun. I'm gonna do this in purple today, but I'm doing it in a pretty dark Sharpie color so, because I'm gonna like hold this up and show this to you. Peter Wright taught me how to do this. Um, and it has been a major league piece for me. So, and no judgments now, I am the world's worst artist. So my bell curve is not going to be the perfectly shaped curve that it is supposed to be. And for all the statisticians out there, yeah, no criticizing because I know that the curve represents the standard deviation. We're not caring about that. The point is where the plot lines are. So get your pen out. <laughs> you can do this. You don't want to do, you don't want to begin this at the bottom of your page because you want room to be able to write. So I'm going to do it about halfway across my page. So I'm not going to use my straight edge to freehand this first part, but got my paper. Here I go. So about, like I said, about halfway down the page. I'm going to write a straight line straight across the page, just like that. Now here's where no critiquing my artistic ability comes into play because I'm going to draw the curve. So you're going to start at one line. You're going to try to arch up at the middle of the page and you come back down to the other line. Your curve and your line are not supposed to touch each other. So it's going to look like this. If I was a really good artist, my arch would be perfectly center in the page, but it's not. But the, like I said, the mathematical practices still hold. So now I'm gonna take my straight edge and at the peak of my curve, I'm gonna draw a line. From the top of my curve to my line. Just like that. Why did I do that? Really good question, so glad you asked. That point at the top, I'm going to write zero. And at the bottom, 
I'm going to write 100. That's our mean. I know, fancy mathematical term, right? But trust me when I say we're going to keep going. And this is going to make sense, I promise. But start the memorization process here. A little bit over, I'm going to draw two more lines, one on each side of that. So here's my first line. I'm trying to get them as centered as I can. Here's my second line, and then I'm gonna go out and do even two more. So here's, this is kind of backwards to me, so it's a little bit hard to do. <laughs> So here's my first line, and then I drew that one and that one. Then I went a little bit further and drew that one, and I drew that one. Gosh, why did I do that? Well, let me show you. So don't get Sharpie all over my hands because it'll never come off and because I'm wearing white. At the top of my curve, I'm going to write the following numbers. I have been doing this. It's really fun to do it in an IEP and a 504 meeting on the fly. <laughs> kind of an intimidating thing to do. Um, yeah. So I've stuck some numbers here. So there's my center. I wrote plus one and minus one. I'm going to explain all of this in a minute. And then I wrote plus two. And then I wrote minus two. Can add a few more numbers to this. I know. It's probably really getting confusing right now, but I promise this is just a bunch of lines on a piece of paper, and I'm going to explain this all here in a second. Write a few more numbers at the bottom of my graph. All right. Now, as I added these numbers, things tend to start to make a little bit more sense. Got my 100. I've got 85 and 115. This is 100 plus 15 is 115, plus another 15 is 130. 100 minus 15 is 85, minus another 15 is 70. These lines would keep going in 15 increments, meaning 70 minus 15 is 55, minus 15 is 40, so on and so forth until you get all the way to zero. 130 plus 15 is 145, plus 15 is 160, so on and so on. Now, why is this important? 100 is your mean, 100 is zero. Minus 15 is negative one standard deviations off of the mean. Plus is plus one standard deviation off the mean. What do I mean by that? We're gonna talk about IQ for a second. An average IQ according to diagnostic scores is anywhere from 85 to 115 on this bell curve. So I'm gonna draw two more lines on my chart. And I let my straight edge slip a little bit. That was a mistake. I have to color everything in. <laughs> I can't let anything be incomplete. So 
Now, like I said, the camera is sort of backwards to me, so I struggle with this logistically a little bit. From 85 to 115, this from here to here is your average IQ according to the way these tests work. 68% of scores are gonna fall into this range here. 34% are gonna fall between 100 and 115. Anything above 115, you get further away from the mean on the positive side, which means the higher the scores go, i.e. higher than 130, you're talking about gifted range. Diagnostically speaking, anything below 85 should really start to create a red flag. So that's sort of the roughest form of this bell curve that I can give you. I'm gonna switch colors because I want things to sort of stand out a little bit. I'm going to switch to blue because I think blue will, no, I'm gonna switch to red because I think red might stand out. So anyway. Your child has an evaluation at their school. I'm gonna pick some like random scores here to sort of give you an idea. The evaluation that you're gonna be handed is going to have a couple of different types of scores on it. And what I mean by types of scores is, it's either gonna be labeled a standard score, a scaled score, a composite score, or even a percentile rank. Those are all related to each other, but they're different numbers. And you have to understand how those numbers relate to each other just in so much as you're gonna see those on your test. They can all be converted very easily on Google. So if you have an evaluation that's full of composite scores, simply pull up your Google and translate them all to standard scores because what we're gonna plot here are only standard scores. So. You can also look at asLde.edu and you can also look at Wright's Law for conversion assistance as well. I know I'm using a lot of big words, but really try not to be overwhelmed by this at all. This was such an amazing thing. And I took statistics and I, I hate algebra. I love statistics. So, <laughs> you know, when um, Peter Wright stood up and he started lecturing about how to do this bell curve, I was like in absolute hog heaven because I was like, freedom, you're telling me everything that I need to know. So flipping through some random evaluations just to try to give you an idea of like what I'm talking about. So somebody hands you a whisk, a C-top, a gort, a, you know, whatever ABC acronym is used to describe that evaluation. Don't worry about the name of the evaluation. It all works the same way. But again, you want the standard score. That's what we're plotting here. Keep that in mind. So you get, you, you see a specific test and you want each of the subtests. You don't want to do the summary test overall. You want to plot each of the subtests themselves. So you've got your bell curve. I need my little pen here. Try to get this. There we go. So there's my mean. I have a subtest that shows me that this particular child has a standard score of 80. So I'm going to come here below the 85 and the 70, and I'm simply going to make a, make a notation about that particular test. 
try to kind of do it, you know, where you think it would sort of fall on the plot itself. So that's 75, that's 80. It's about right there. So I'm gonna plot this particular test and I'm gonna make a note of this test. Can you see it? Right there. It's an 80. An 80 is less than one standard deviation off the mean, which what that means in big, you know, like crazy terms is it's below average. That's what that score means. Once you start plotting your child's diagnostic scores and things are consistently falling below average and or you're, you know, you're seeing the balance of the strengths and you're seeing the balance of the weaknesses, but the weaknesses are consistently falling below that standard deviation mark of 85, you got a problem. You got something that you have to look at. And if the school is denying you services because they're saying that it's not big enough. Mm, yeah, it is. But that's going to be dependent upon where your child's IQ is. If your child's IQ falls within the within the average range, 85 to 115, the further you get below that 85 mark, the greater the issue is. So let's look at a child. This is going to be child. We'll call him John. So John is 117 IQ, okay? John is has 117 IQ. He's just above that average range. So he's plus one standard deviation off of the mean from a mathematical perspective. And he's got a visual perception score of 80. IQ of 117, diagnostic score of 80. Okay, I already have red flags. Those things are already screaming quite loudly to me. Let's look at something else. Written expression. Oh, I love this one. Written expression. Can you see that? 71. Now he's one point above two standard deviations below the mean. Huge, huge problem with a child that has 117 IQ. Things are really kind of starting to come together. You can, like I said, you can plot every single diagnostic score that you get. That's a standard score on this bell curve. It's a very key thing that you can do in your advocacy. You can do this on the fly. All you have to do is memorize the table itself, that you've got the zero, you've got a pretty curve, you've got the line, your curve and your line do not meet each other. Zero is your mean. And every 15 steps is, plus one, is a plus or a minus off of that mean. It was such a... Like I said, it was such a freeing thing to me when I was able to like see this. So as parents come to me and ask me for assistance and they send me their child's evaluation, I instantly draw a bell curve and I instantly start plotting the different diagnostic scores, all of the subtests themselves. Um, 
And then you can very clearly see a pattern of strengths and weaknesses. And I always plot the IQ as well. And I'm always able to identify and say, okay, based on your child's IQ, you've got these core areas that, you know, are, are really kind of screaming red flags here. And if you make this argument within uh, the school team, when you're talking about this, I think it's really going to assist you in trying to get your child's services. So that's really kind of it. I mean, like I said, this isn't like too terribly complicated. It's just a lot of, not a lot. I'm going to take that back. It's just a little bit of memorization. So what I did when I very first learned this particular bell curve was I wrote it down in a place where I could always access it. Um, the first time I went to plot my child's diagnostic scores, I was at a place where I couldn't like, I wasn't at school, but I wasn't at home either. And I knew I reached out to a friend of mine that had been at that lecture to me. And I was like texting her like crazy going, please tell me you're at home. She's like, yes, I'm at home. I was like, please tell me you have that book handy. She goes, yes, I have the book handy. I was like, take a picture and text it to me. So she did. And since then, I've had this completely committed to memory so that I can 100% do this on the fly. But like I said, just have it sort of handy for yourself. And again, it's a few easy steps. You're going to draw a line across the bottom of the page, and you're going to draw a curve on top of it. Did it all over again. Draw a line. And you don't even have to have a straight edge if you don't. I'm going to freehand it this time. I'm going to draw a line at the midpoint. I'm going to draw two more lines above and below that midpoint as equidistance apart as I can kind of do it freehand. And then I'm just going to immediately write in a few numbers. At the midpoint, I'm going to write 100. And then I'm just going to add or subtract 15 as I go up and down the scale appropriately. So 115, 130 in one direction, 85, 70 in the other. This is when I'm doing it myself. This is usually all that I do because I know where the standard deviation marks are. And standard deviation is a very, it's a term in statistics. It's an actual mathematical term, but it's, and I'm not going to try to explain it here, but what's important to you when you're doing this is just that you're getting, you're stepping further away from what is quote unquote norm. That's the key thing that you have to remember. Again, 85 and 115 is your norm. That's the top and the bottom of your range with 100 being perfectly average. The idea is if everybody was perfectly average, 100 is your, is your midpoint. That's your zero, that's your mean. Everything else steps away from that mean and further and further increments at steps of 15. So I'm going to do something, draw a couple of lines just to make a point. So this is above average. This is below 
So like I said, here is your center point. As you go to 115 to 130, the scores are considered above average. Anything above 130 is considered gifted. From 85 to 70, you're talking about below average. And anything 70 and below is very below average. So you're talking about some significant issues there. I remember the first time that my son was tested from a diagnostic point of view, specifically on his reading, his standard scores with anything reading related were in the bottom quadrant of the curve itself. So um, we knew instantaneously because his IQ was above 100. We knew instantaneously, instantaneously that he had rather significant issues. And this was at the end of first grade. He almost didn't even test on the scale itself. That's a huge red flags instantly. Um, so we've had a couple of questions come in. I'm going to answer these real quick as we wrap up. Will you discuss the individual scores within the composite IQ? Some kids may come in with a below average composite score for IQ, yet the discrepancy is still there. That's why states can't use only discrepancy with composite IQs to determine a learning disability, i.e. the disability brings down the composite IQ scores. I wanted to, I do wanna answer that question, Lauren, but I wanted to sort of save IQ for a different session. One, because I wanted to really focus here in general on the bell curve itself, but two, I'm not the greatest person to talk about IQ scores because it's been, for myself, it's been kind of a struggle with something that I've specifically been trying to learn. Um, I'm working on having a guest come on to the dyslexia initiative specifically, the only subject that we will talk about will be IQ and how all of that breaks down. Um, but I wanted to sort of try to break these up as well. And plus I don't wanna give misinformation because that's the last thing that I wanna do here on the dyslexia initiative. But I love those points and you're absolutely right. And we need to be talking about that. So please don't think that I'm dismissing you at all. We are definitely going to talk about it. We're gonna talk about it really, really soon. Basically, as soon as this one particular person responds to my last email. <laughs> so, um, but I will get that scheduled ASAP, I promise. Um, I hope that this helps. And I hope that you feel empowered as you do this across the board for your own child and working for services. I'm going to, like I said, write all of this out and very detailed instructions on how to do this. And... Um, try to put a template on our website that you can download so that you don't have to create the bell curve if you really don't want to, but if you can, it's really awesome to do it on the fly in front of somebody. It's sort of an intimidating thing to do. I've done it before and it's definitely an eye-opening experience, but I hope that this helps. I hope that this empowers you in your own parent advocacy journey. I promise we will definitely circle back around to these IQ questions because they are 100% valid and we need to be discussing them a lot, lot, lot more. So happy Sunday, happy quarantine. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Bye.